Welcome to Locked on Giannis. Locked on Giannis. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend this is Locked on Bucks anymore because that would be absolutely ridiculous. This is Locked on Giannis. I'm Eric Name. That laughing you hear is Frank Madden. The Milwaukee Bucks just won 113-110 over the Portland Trailblazers on Saturday night. And we were going to wait until tomorrow to talk, but that doesn't make any sense at all to wait that long. We need to talk about it right now, Frank. There are only, like, two emotions I'm feeling these days. One is just the shocked, bewildered amazement of what Giannis is, is doing on a basketball court and the other is just like just like 10% of the time when I I pause from that and just am overcome with like crippling paranoia of like what could happen to make Giannis get hurt or something like that. Those are the only two things. It's just I mean he's got uh he's at 115 points in 3 games right now after 37 <laughs> opening night, 34 in the loss on Friday to Cleveland and 30 I'm sorry, 44 on the back-to-back against Portland, he's averaging 38.3 points, 9.7 rebounds, five assists, almost three steals on a block a game, shooting 67%. Um, I, I mean, we knew he would score more this year, but just the ease with which the Bucks basically just can clear out the floor and let Giannis just carve up teams at will has just been, I mean, it's been breathtaking. I don't know how else to say it. It's yep. it's just been incredible to watch. And, um, you know, he he's shown kind of flashes of that little, of, of more kind of mid-range stuff because he can always get to, you know, 10 to 14 feet from the basket because he's just too strong for, for the guys who, who guard him. Yeah. So he can always get to there and he can always get, you know, at worst a little like turnaround shot. And especially against the Blazers, that shot was there and he was hitting that shot tonight. Um, you pointed this out. He was 16 of 19 on two point shots tonight. <laughs> and, and these are not like, I'd be curious. I'd be curious. I, I want to, I, I don't have it in front of you. I'm curious like how many of these are even assisted, right? Cause I mean, he's literally just, Sizing up Evan Turner yep. and just annihilating Evan Turner, who poor Evan <laughs> Turner has no chance. Um, by the way, I've always kind of had like a hatred of Evan Turner. So, and I, I feel like him and Giannis have kind of had not beef, but like some on-court stuff. Like they, I don't know. They've they faced off a lot going back to when Turner was on the Celtics. And Turner's kind of a little prickly little piece of shit. So. Um, <laughs> I, I like watching watching Evan Turner just have no hope of of stopping Giannis tonight. Just made it that much more enjoyable, and I, I don't know. I mean, I could just sit here and just ramble about what we're seeing, but um, oh, I'm it, gonna I'm gonna do that. You got to. Yeah, I want to do it. Some pass the baton uh, back. So I'm sitting there thinking, you know, how do you try to describe something like this? And the phrase "willed his team to victory" is something we use often with sports. And most of the time, it's hyperbolic. Most of the time, okay, like, he had a good game, but he didn't will them. Giannis literally willed the Milwaukee Bucks to a victory on Saturday night. Like, it doesn't make, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He goes and decides that he's going to double-team Damian Lillard, gets a steal, Gets fouled, misses two free throws with 31 and a half seconds left, and you think, oh no, down one, yep. Oh no, that that man, that, that's so tough. And now the Blazers are going to get the ball back, and they're probably going to score. Well, Giannis decided that wasn't going to be the case, and somehow picked C.J. McCollum. Uh, gets poked out to Brogdon, Brogdon back to Giannis, Giannis with the dunk puts the Bucks up 112, 111. And you're a little bit concerned because there's still some time left in the Blazers' offense. Uh, I mean, had a pretty nice night. They score 110 points. And you're thinking, oh, okay, well, I don't know if this is going to work out. And, well, Giannis decided that he was going to block Yusuf Nurkic at the rim, who's a mountain of a man, and just come from the backside, game-winning block, no big deal. So in, in in a matter of... 40 seconds of gameplay. He steals it from Damian Lillard, one of the most, uh, one of the, uh, I mean, one of the most sure-handed guards in the entire league. Oh, the same can be said of C.J. McCollum. He stole the ball from him too, and then 
he somehow goes out and blocks that shot. I literally had no other words than holy shit. That was it. That, that was the only thought I could I could muster after watching it. And that was what I said on press row. I was just like, holy shit. What, what did we just see? That was the most incredible performance by a Bucks player I've ever seen. Yeah, what, I mean, do you remember? I, I don't, I don't play video games anymore. But like growing up, um, NBA Live '95 was my 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 game, and you know, like you, we used to have like the steal button. You know, like you just like go up and try to get steals. And Giannis, like I think he said, I mean, you interviewed. I think you tweeted out a quote from him, but like. He literally just went out there and just like mashed the steal button, <laughs> and it worked twice. And then he—I don't know if there were—I don't think there was actually a block button in the game I played, but but he might as well have done that too on that last play, um, going up and getting revenge on Nurkic, who um, I don't know if it was a full Matumbo wag. Nurkic had a very nice block on Giannis, and I think it was the third quarter in transition, and he went up and at a, at, it was at minimum a number one. You know, look at me. I just blocked Giannis type celebration. Yeah. And it may have had a little bit of a dash of Matumbo. And, and after that happened, I was just like, Giannis, you got a yam on this dude. Like, Yusuf <laughs> yeah, Nurkic. At some point. Yusuf Nurkic, like, no. Yusuf Nurkic does not get to Matumbo wag Giannis. And for him to come back with the game on the line. And how cold blooded is the, that? He waits until yeah. the end of the game. And yeah. that's when he gets him. I mean, I think I actually appreciate it more that Giannis didn't didn't pull the the wag on him or anything like that. Like he didn't celebrate it really. He just he just you know, Chris Middleton got fouled and Middleton made you know or sorry, um yeah, and Middleton made the free throw. I mean it was just um yeah. It was just, you know, I don't know. I mean it, it, what an incredible night for, for Giannis and you know a tough game. I mean, we can talk, I guess, a little bit about the actual game around Giannis because, uh, you know, while Giannis was pretty much the entire story, um, an, an interesting game. You know, we talked about the the Bucks having to try to contain the the Blazers' two explosive scoring guards. And obviously, you know, you look at the box score and you see, of course, those two guys each scoring 26 points. Um, you know, 52 combined points on 32 shots from them. So efficient scoring. They combined to go six of eleven from deep. I mean, I guess you could say, well, at least they didn't give up even more three attempts, three attempts against those guys. Um, you know, interesting. We talk a lot about, you know, we talked about how, on in some ways, maybe this is a team because their best shooters are the guys with the ball. Maybe that would help the Bucks a little bit. Um, looking at the point numbers, I mean. Uh, the Bucks give up 115 points per 100 tonight, so the defense was not good tonight, except in those key moments when Giannis yeah. just decided that they were going to be good. Um, but an interesting night. I mean, they give up 11 out of 27 from three. That's 41 percent. So nothing, nothing to feel good about there. Interestingly, you know, looking at the shot chart, Portland only made one out of two from the corner. Um, so kind of like Cleveland on Friday, and we'll talk about that as well. Cleveland destroyed them inside. 64 points in the paint tonight. The Blazers just 26 points in the paint. So the Bucks cut that out. You know, still gave up a number of threes. But again, you know, 27 three attempts is fewer than their average last year, actually. So, you know, again, on some level with a team that has shooters like Lillard and McCollum, I don't think it was a bad effort defending the three-point line. And again, did not let them get to the corners, and in part probably because, again, they don't really have those complementary guys necessarily that that do want to shoot those corner threes. So it was an interesting night. You know, Nurkic, 17 points, but on 17 shots. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of it, Portland, 31 out of 35 from the free-throw line. They definitely made hay from there in addition to shooting a good percentage on threes. But, um, you know, again, uh, it, it would have been so crushing for Giannis to score 40-some points and lose the game a night after he scores 34, and they lose to the Cavs, and obviously a game that was not nearly as competitive as you would have liked. So, um, you know, you, you just, I mean, we're obviously, we've, we have our, our, our caps permanently tipped to Giannis at this point, but um, you just feel so happy for him to, to come out of this game, not only having that incredible individual performance, but to be rewarded with a win. And, um, you know, again, what... I feel like you know we're 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 well gonna run, we're gonna run out of superlatives for Giannis you know. Oh, we um, already did. We haven't already. We yeah, already I mean, did. What he's doing right now, I mean, he's he's the story. I mean, he's given. I mean, easily, clearly, he's going to be the player of the week for the for this first week for what he's doing. And um, I don't know. Maybe you, you were in the locker room with him after the game. Um, 
there was, uh, I know uh, Matt Velasquez has tweeted out, among others, um, a photo of the game ball. And I, maybe you want to just give some quick background on that because obviously it's been a an emotional few weeks for Giannis and what we're seeing. I think that the backdrop of what happened to him with his father passing away obviously makes what he's doing now all the more incredible. Yeah, uh, he he had the the game ball. His team, his teammates gave that to him, and uh, on the ball it was written, "This is for Daddy. We got a win tonight, and I got 44 points." And uh, that was that was sitting in his locker. Uh, as normally after the game, you'll get into the locker room. Giannis will be sitting there icing and hanging out, and then he'll go shower and come back. And when he left to shower, he said, "Okay." No one touch my ball. That that ball needs to stay right there. No one touch it. Uh, to all the all the media members and his teammates and stuff. Uh, and after the game, he said his teammates gave it to him and wanted him to have the game ball. Uh, and obviously that tough choice, tough call there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, a difficult choice uh, there. But uh, yeah, just kind of a, a cool gesture and a cool thing to see that they. Uh, they gave him the ball, and I know when we talked with Middleton after the game, uh, Matt had asked him about that as well, um, and he just said, whenever you go through a tragedy like that, you give it all for that reason, and that's what he's doing right now. He's doing a great job of just staying with it, fighting through whatever he's going through in his head, and he knows we're right there behind him, encouraging him, and knows that we've got his back. And, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that it, – just a couple weeks ago, his dad passed away, and he's going through all of that. Uh, and when Giannis was asked about it, he said, it's special going forward. I think that motivates me on a daily basis, just playing hard for my family, especially for my dad because he loved to see us play. This is just the beginning. I'm not done yet. We've got 79 more games plus the playoffs, hopefully. It's just the beginning. Hopefully he's seeing us from above and he's proud of us. Uh, so, yeah, it's – Obviously, it was a huge night, and it took on a, a more emotional tone uh, at the end of it when we all saw the ball and we saw Giannis get to kind of have that moment. Uh, so, it kind of, I mean, just really cool stuff that uh, I know sometimes you always think, like, why do I watch sports? And, well, tonight is the reason. Like, you watch sports to see someone transcend the game which Giannis did tonight, and then for that emotional connection that you have to the sport, to the team, to certain players, that you can feel that you're in some way helping him through all of this, by, even if it's just through an MVP chant at the Bradley Center or just watching it or tweeting out whatever to him. Like the, These are the nights that you live for as a fan, and... Yeah, it was. It's just kind of. It's crazy to think that that we're at this spot with Giannis, and uh, to kind of go through all of that uh, was really just a just a great night. And uh, I, I think when you look a little bit at, at what the Blazers did, um, there's part of me that wonders. Nights like these are kind of the nights that you think, all right, this Bucks defense is going to be aggressive and maybe work and. It certainly didn't, um, but in the sense that for most of the game, they were able to to make Lillard and McCollum really work for their points. Um, I, I thought those two had to work incredibly hard. And then on the other end, they were attacking Lillard, uh, and he gets five fouls and, and had that foul trouble tonight. And I, I thought they did a nice job kind of keeping it away from him and then – or not, I shouldn't say keeping away from like making sure that they got it out of their hands, and then in the final couple of minutes they were just so aggressive, trapping Lillard and trying to deny McCollum to make sure that if you got the ball out of Lillard's hands, that it was going to be someone else on the team that had to try to make that play, um, and, and they were just so insanely aggressive with it, and obviously. It didn't work as Lillard and McCollum were able to keep the ball a number of times, but then Giannis just took it from him. So, um, I don't know, a lot to process tonight. Uh, but, I mean, in the end, I can try to break down some other stuff for you, but Giannis. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I was just looking at the shot chart, um, and the Blazers only took two three-pointers in the entire fourth quarter. Um, they made one of them. That was uh, Lillard's just, I mean, it was like a, like a 30-footer. Yeah, I mean, so... I, again, I mean, you know, the way the Bucks play defense, it, 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 obviously a lot of the times they're they're kind of playing with fire. I think one thing when and we haven't talked about this before, but 
it seemed like more on on Friday. It felt like it, feel, it feels like we're seeing some switches, like some big little switches, especially with Thon. Um, seems like Chris Middleton is ending up on big guys a lot yeah. and having to fight uh, against Kevin Love and others more than maybe we've seen in the past. Um, I don't know if I've seen enough to to kind of say oh that you know and 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 this is something kid reference on media day of them potentially switching more. I don't know if if that's if the data would back that up. I don't you know I, I think I don't have access to public data on that, but um, but it, it is an interesting thing to watch and and we can talk a little bit about the caps and, and the caps game in a moment. Um, but tonight was interesting because you know again the points in the paint were not there for Portland. Um, the three point shot was there. You know, 11 out of 27 is, is, is a good night for, for most teams. Um, and for Portland, you know, again, they, they, it could be worse, <laughs> obviously. Um, they tightened it up. I think Portland was four out of 11 in the second half. Um, and again, only one of two in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, the result obviously was there. Uh, they really didn't get the ball into the corners. They, they did get some open shots, some open threes for sure. Um, through off ball movement. There was one play, uh, I just remember, and again, since you watch it live, I don't know if it jumped out of you, but I think it was Delhi and Telly, like, both rotated into the paint off, off from the weak side, and it was just like the entire defense just collapsed like a house of cards, yeah. and it was just like, oh, my God, guys, oh, are you kidding me? Um, you know, we're still seeing some doubling of the post. We saw that in each of the games. Um, so, I mean, there's still these things that, you know, again, like, the the math that people have done on this would say you know they're, they're not generally gonna 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 work out for you but um, we did see uh, some some pretty high leverage turnovers out of situations like that as well uh, and obviously anytime you can deny Lillard and McCollum you know good looks and take the ball out of their hands and put the ball in the hands of guys who who don't want to shoot it you know obviously that part of it makes sense obviously a lot of other teams um, you're not necessarily going to be able to kind of make such a, a clear positive trade off I guess you might say because a lot of teams have you know better sort of complementary shooters at this point but um, kind of looking at some other guys uh, on the Bucks and, and kind of looking at who else <laughs> who else other than Giannis even though obviously that is the story um, DeAndre M effing Liggins. DeAndre Liggins plus ten. Uh, uh, I mean, he gave them some good defense. He, he kind of had an early, uh, good play early, and then immediately got the ball and turned it over. So that was that was <laughs> don't maybe don't give nuts. that dude the ball. Don't give yeah. that dude the ball. At any um, couldn't pay off one corner three attempt that looked like it was uh, looked like it would have been a. I think it was off a of Giannis pass. Would have been a really nice way to to pay off a possession. Um, but yeah, DeAndre Liggins randomly plays 18 minutes tonight um, and. You know, whatever. There I thought he go. was good. Like, yeah, he was fine. I mean, he looked the part. Like he's, you know, he looks like a guy who can defend multiple positions. You know, we didn't again, we didn't see any offense from him. Um, but again, you're really just looking for him to hit an open shot from time to time. So, um, Liggins obviously kind of stood out. Um, and I was gonna say you know, with Liggins, you, I don't think you trust Delhi necessarily to run around and try to guard Lillard or McCollum. Uh, so the fact that you could kind of used Liggins in that way, I thought it was really helpful that he saw uh, those two guys would see Snell, they would see Brogdon, they'd see Middleton, and then on the bench unit rather than seeing someone like Delhi who they're quicker than, who they can probably, uh, as much as Delhi makes you work defensively, they're probably going to be able to blow by. Liggins, I think, is a little bit stronger, uh, a little bit taller, longer, and uh, certainly – just as physical as Delhi, um, so I really thought again it was it was a strange thing to see DeAndre Liggins enter the game four and a half minutes into it. Um, it, it again, I, I don't think I would have ever in a million years guessed that, uh, but yeah, I, I thought he was really solid on those two, despite being an absolute negative offensively. Like that, I don't. I can't ever imagine a way that he's able to have a nice night uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, I think he kind of showed what he can do uh, tonight. Yeah, then the first person I was going to go to um, was Chris Middleton, who um, started very quickly. Uh, you could tell they wanted to get him involved early. Um, he got, got him open for a mid-range jumper early, then got a layup. Um, I think he had like maybe eight points in the first quarter, something like that. Out of the first 14. Yeah, so he got off to a very fast start. Um, 
but unfortunately it didn't really keep that going for the rest of the game. But um, 18 points, six out of 13 shooting, six of six free throws. Um, the I thing think it that impossible for him to keep it going with you well, going for 44. Yeah, I'm fine with the trade-off. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> um, the the number that probably the the big negative number there is just one three-pointer attempted. Um, again, sort of old Chris. Um, and, and again, I mean, it's kind of those things like he shot the ball so poorly. I mean, that was the that was probably my biggest frustration uh, from an offensive standpoint on Friday watching the Bucks. Like just watching Middleton. I think what was he 0 for five or something like that from three. Yep. Uh, he just struggled so much with just open looks. I mean, they were getting really good looks, and you know, not just him, but but he was the most obvious one as a guy who we know how good of a three point shooter he is. And and obviously, whatever you assume is just a small sample, he'll get over it. But um, frustrating to see him really no show offensively for the most part on Friday. Uh, they obviously wanted to get him going early, and and they did. And he did have some foul trouble. Um, ultimately, only played about only played thirty minutes. Um, but you know, again. Uh, at least good to see him getting going a little bit. And, and also, I mean, he got to the rim a few times a night, which, you know, you don't really think of Chris as a guy who gets to the rim, um, got some free throws, got some easy buckets. That I think was a positive. And another big positive for me, I mean, Tony Snell, seven out of eight, 17 points, three out of four threes, um, and played 34 minutes, including getting minutes uh, crunch in crunch time over Matthew Delvadova, which again has been kind of a consistent drumbeat for us, you know, like, yep. Yeah, we get it, Jason Kidd. You like having your safety blanket of having, you know, everybody be able to handle the ball a little bit late in games. But, I mean, look at what this team is right now. Like, you're spreading the floor around Giannis, and Snell is just, he's been a better three-point shooter than Delhi. Uh, he, I trust him to make a layup more than Delhi, as much as Tony doesn't do much of anything other than yeah. shoot threes. You know, he's clearly a, a better guy. We saw him. We saw him, and there were a number of times tonight where I was like, what are you doing, Tony? Why are you shooting? Oh, okay. okay yeah, you I, make think I, I think I had three or four tweets of like, oh, yeah. Tony Snell's got a pull-up now. Oh, Tony yeah. Snell's got a push shot now. Okay. Yeah, a little one-handed push shot. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I was happy to see Tony playing late, and obviously his defensive versatility uh, against a team like the one we saw in, in Portland is is helpful. So I'm, I was happy to see Tony closing the game. I want to see that more often, especially with the offense really just being – clear out Giannis, let him go to work, draw double teams, kick out, um, and then defend like hell. So shout out to Tony. Glad he got some good minutes. He obviously um, shot the ball really well tonight. And, um, you know, I, John Henson, John Henson, your your center closer for the 2017-2018 Milwaukee Bucks. They've had two close games. Never doubted. John, Never John doubted Henson, first John Henson has been on the court and played well and – I think in particular tonight, uh, he's three out of five, seven points, nine boards, three blocks, plus 11 in 24 minutes. Um, I thought the big thing with, with Henson tonight was, again, the fact that in the fourth quarter, you can put him on the court, and as much as he is not as mobile as Thon, um, they were able to, you know, not give up any threes. He was able to play aggressively enough on pick and roll where, you know, they weren't able to exploit uh, the fact that he obviously is a guy who would rather sit back and you know zone drop and and whatever. So um, shout out to shout out to John Henson. He, Two out of three games, he's really made an impact. He was Lillard's shadow for the fourth quarter. McCollum's shadow. Like as soon as they even thought about running a high pick and roll, man, Henson was out there. Um, and again, the stats aren't going to show. I don't even know what that would be. Uh, ball screen traps like we don't keep track of that but he was there all the time the entire night and uh, yeah I thought again uh, I think our feelings on John Henson are well known um, but he looked really good again tonight. Uh, he was huge for them on the ba- on the back line, blocking some shots. Obviously, he's always going to give up some rebounds to Nurkic and bigger guys, and he did that again tonight. Uh, but, yeah, he was all over the floor. Uh, let's see, I think three blocks for him tonight. Um, and really just the, just the idea that he was – was kind of the guy that was forcing the ball out of those guys' hands, out of Lillard's hands, out of McCollum's hands. He was the guy that was just showing that second body and helping whoever it was for the Bucks defensively, whichever guard, helping keep the ball away from those guys uh, and make them move it and make them try to use someone else. So, um, yeah, I thought 
he was really good again. Obviously, uh, I think it, it, that comes with Greg Monroe playing just seven minutes. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see uh, kind of how that how that works going forward because uh, I think right now it's it's pretty undeniable that Henson's playing well enough to continue getting minutes, um, and it seems like the Han's going to continue to get 15-ish um, each night, and that obviously leaves Greg Monroe as the odd man out, which is strange to say because last year he did have such a nice season. Uh, so we'll have to keep keep an eye on that, but Henson ha- has deserved it. I-, I thought he was really good. Um, really, the, and then uh, I thought Henson and Liggins were obviously big for the defense, and he only ends up with nine points, but the three threes Toledovich had in a game yeah. where you give up so much, uh, where your defensive rating is, uh, what was it, 114? Like You needed those points, and each of those threes, though, uh, I think all three came in the first half and he missed one in the second half. They needed all those points. They had to have each and every point that they got tonight. Um, and they were, they were big shots from Toledovich and he had a steal on the backside and it, he was, again, obviously you're going to see some of those times where he's too far on the help and you mentioned some of those, but the, he had a steal, uh, the one time where he intercepts a pass as they try to throw a skip pass. And, um, I, I thought he looked pretty good defensively tonight. So, uh, th- really those to me were the three big, uh, three big contributions off the bench. Uh, Delhi played 60 minutes and had a couple assists and made a few nice plays, but obviously has, has his turnovers, some missing floaters. Um, the, I guess the Delhi experience, um, but yeah, that I thought the bench came up big tonight. They again not huge numbers. There's not a 20 point performance there, uh, but some really helpful, impactful performances. Yeah, 16 minutes from Delhi, one out of five. Um, they uh, I, I joked the other night um, that uh, I think it was against Boston. You know, the whole idea of forcing Delhi to shoot, you know, sort of reaches um, its logical sort of end point when you just give him a layup and just see if he can make a layup. Um, and he did that against the Celtics, and tonight was another situation. They just were like, oh, we're, we want you to shoot, and it ended up being like a, they overdid it a little bit and just gave him a layup. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had four assists, but, um, you know, I think 16 minutes just makes a lot more sense to me than the 24 I think he got on Friday. Uh, because, again, I, I just I just think, you know, it's not, and it's not so much like – if Delhi was just off ball, I, I don't think it would be as big of an issue. But I think one of the reasons that people get so bent out of shape over seeing Delhi on the floor, especially in the fourth quarter, is that the ball just is in his hands so so yeah. much. And it's like, you know, you you don't have to, like, there was just this play on Friday. I just remember it was like, you know, they ran Delhi off a screen. Um, it was like off a pin down or something. He like curled around, catches the ball into a pick and roll. It was just like, there's so much activity to get Delhi the ball and start a play, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's not a guy who's who's jacking up shots that much. He has taken a bunch of floaters that have looked mostly bad so far. Um, I mean, I'm glad that he has been trying to get threes up, like when he's open. Uh, he hit that huge one in the opener. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like tonight – Brogdon 31 minutes, Delhi 16. That should be much more of the norm for me. Snell 34 minutes. Like, you know, I, I just don't think, especially with Giannis and Chris, what they can do with the ball. I, I just don't think you need to be playing all these, you know, the, the two guard line, the two point guard lineups we've seen. Um, you know, I just, I, I just think Attention you, you got to try to put Snell. Down. You are requested <laughs> for minutes at the two. Sterling Brown to the back That's of the two position. That that has a very uh, a very PA like quality. I don't I don't know if it's going to come out that way on the uh, uh, on the recording since it's you're recording it from your side. But um, but seriously, like the, there are minutes to be had at the two. There, yeah. well, that's why Delhi played 16, not because he was taking minutes from Malcolm. This year he's been playing more when he goes to the two. So tonight DeAndre Liggins takes 18 of those minutes and. That brings Delhi down to 16. So whoever of the twos, whether that's Sterling Brown, whether that's Rashad Vaughn, whether that's DeAndre Liggins, whoever it is at the two, there are a roughly 15 minutes to be had 
backing up the wing, the shorter of the wing positions in Milwaukee. So if you want those minutes, go get them because um, they're they're going to continue to be available. Um, and obviously, I think Liggins kind of showed the way tonight that, especially for Jason Kidd, if you if you're going to do one thing at the two, it's play defense and. You have to be able to do that well, and Liggins did that well, and he got some minutes. So, uh, again, if you're Sterling Brown, if you're Rashad Vaughn, that's going to be your way in. Uh, I think there's 10 to 15 minutes to be had every night, and uh, you just have to go out and get them. So uh, that, that'll that be interesting to me. But, yeah, that that's always the problem with Delhi is that they – They've always insisted on giving him the ball a lot, and that, I mean, I think that's the time where Dally can get himself in trouble. Like, if he's, if he's the primary creator, it's not going to go well. It's never gone well. Um, that, that that's just not a, a good spot for him. But if he can be on the backside doing something else, spotting up, if he can, if he can run the second pick and roll in, in a series, okay, maybe that works. Um, but. No, he he can't be uh, your primary action. That that is just never going to work. So um, we'll see. And I guess to me the big thing is just don't he he doesn't need to play at the two. He doesn't need to play alongside Malcolm Brogdon. Those minutes can be had by someone else. Yeah, and I mean maybe we, maybe we can transition over into and if people want to hear good things only today, um, they can maybe shut it off now. But um, <laughs> uh, we can transit over to to maybe talk a little bit about you know, game the game uh, on Friday against Cleveland. Um, you know, home opener, ESPN game. It's an early start due to that. Um, and, you know, the Bucks are competitive really until Kyle Korver kind of broke their back yep. with just a series of, of you know, Kyle Korver plays, you know, yep. just running around screens, getting um, – you know, most of them were, you know, again, Korver just working so hard and just you give him an inch, he, he just makes you pay. And I think another one was a miscommunication um, in transition. They just – Lost him, or maybe it wasn't transition, but it was basically like a broken play yeah, type thing. Yeah, there's a couple just, times where he just got lost. Yeah, it just got lost. I think Giannis was maybe was the one that lost him on one where he should have picked him up, but um, you know that kind of just sent the Bucks reeling. And you know, a game where I think a lot of people were frustrated with the Bucks offense, and and for good reason. I mean, they they had a lot of good looks that they did not pay off on Friday. Um, you know, Middleton probably being the most obvious one. Middleton really struggled uh, to to really score on Friday. And, um, you know, again, Middleton plus Monroe. I mean, Monroe, I think, was four out of six from the field, but um, Monroe's issue more were, were defensive. Like he, I mean, Thompson just outworked him, pick and roll, offensive rebounds, um, just worked him in, uh, I think it was the third quarter, and it, it just got really ugly. And, again, it, an interesting game in the sense we talked about, you know, Cleveland um, not being so much of a, a three-point shooting team anymore, not having as many weapons, or at least not prioritizing those guys around LeBron with Rose and Wade starting uh, at the in the backcourt uh, with LeBron now. But it was interesting to see because, you know, Kevin Love is such an important guy for them as a floor spacer. Um, it was interesting to see him get off to such a fast start and have a really good game in large part because, you know, the Bucks kind of ran him off the line a little bit. Uh, but he just took what he could get, and it was kind of vintage Kevin Love thinking back to what he was like in Minnesota where he really was able to just use all that skill, put the ball on the floor, He's get so to good. the basket. He's yeah, so and just good. And, and I think you kind of take it for granted. You know, people think it was, oh, he's more or less just like a stretch four at this point. But um, he really hurt the Bucks early. And, again, they didn't go, you know, it's not like Cleveland built a big early lead, so he didn't feel it maybe as much. But LeBron really didn't need to expend much energy early because yeah. it was pretty much just Kevin Love kind of going to work. And, you know, they had switches. He, he worked on Maker. He worked on, you know, Chris Middleton on switches. Um, he was really impressive. And, you know, again, the, I mean, the, the Cavs eventually got up to their customary, you know, 10, 10 or 11 threes. I think Fry had a really late one to make it 11 threes, I think. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a, a bomb the Bucks into oblivion type game from three-point line. The thing that really jumped out was the 64 points in the paint, which, again, normally that's how the Bucks win games is they get points in the paint. That's what we saw against Portland. They they outscore Portland 54 to 26 in the paint. Um, but the Cavs, I thought, really took advantage of uh, of the Bucks. You know, we talk about Wade and, and Rose and Jeff Green. Being guys who obviously get to the paint, you know, I think Green and Wade, you know, are, can be good cutters. And 
that's how Cleveland really got it done, uh, especially early on. Uh, it wasn't so much the three-point shooting as the fact that they just continue to just batter the Bucks inside. And, you know, it kind of raises that that problem that I think we saw a lot in the second half last year after Middleton came back. Their three-point attempts allowed went way down, but they had the whack-a-mole problem of just allowing, you know, <laughs> it was it was that leak, you know, you got multiple yep. leaks. You can only put your finger on so many holes. And uh, we saw that on Friday. They just got really, you know, wrecked inside. And um, Monroe certainly looked really bad um, trying to defend pick and roll. I mean, he just had nothing. Uh, and again, you kind of sometimes you kind of wonder why that isn't exploited more often, to be honest. Um, and it's kind of a playing with fire thing. I mean, you have him come out on the perimeter. He's his hands. He's actually like almost. Sometimes it seems like he's almost better off being really aggressive because you know it's not like he can really drop back and do much that way either. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I don't know. It's just tough. And I think it's going to be interesting seeing Monroe struggle in these two games on the weekend. Um, he was better against Boston, but seeing him struggle this way, um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we know Jason Kidd has lacked patience with Greg Monroe at times in the past. Uh, and he also, though, was a really critical guy for them last year. And I mean, I think it's a very good thing if the Bucks become less dependent on Greg Monroe, um, because again, odds are Greg Monroe you know, probably isn't back. Um, I think he's the kind of guy, to be honest, the way the market is moving. Greg Monroe, I, I, Greg Monroe, my prediction is he's going to get a one plus one, you know, player option deal. He'll make, you know, he'll get six million and then he'll get a player option for a second year at the same, same rate. Something like that. I don't think he's getting, I don't even think he's going to get full MLE next year, which will be about nine million. So I think he's going to be pretty cheap next summer, which might actually make him appealing to the Bucks, but you know, it just seems like, from everything you hear that that kid in particular is not really, you know, uh, all about the idea of keeping Monroe long term and certainly the more we see, you know, Maker and Henson be the guys who can actually execute defensively and and you know, close games, um I'm sure that that will, you know, not do anything to to make the Bucks you know, interested in keeping Moose long term. So, I, I don't know. I I just rambled for quite a while. I mean, what what were your takes uh, on Friday? Because obviously it was a, a big letdown, especially in that second half when the Cavs got rolling and the Bucks, other than Giannis, had no real you know comeback. You know it, that that was the game where it felt like, oh crap, Giannis really doesn't have any help. Um, crap, how do we how do we give Giannis more help? Because right now it it feels like the superstar you know on his own out there. So one thing I've been thinking about is you mentioned how it's frustrating when the Bucks get good looks and they miss how exciting is it that we live in a world where the bucks get good looks all the time <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. it's like you can only get mad about missed good looks if those good looks exist and after three games now i, I think this is a top 10 offense for sure and maybe a top five offense like if and again Chris Middleton is not going to shoot 10% from the three-point line. Um, I, if, I don't know if there's somewhere I can put money on that, um, but if I could, I would put everything I have on Chris Middleton not shooting 10% uh, from the three-point line for the season. So that that's just not going to continue. Uh, but the fact that regularly, pretty much every single night, I feel good about the the looks the Bucks are getting. And obviously that was frustrating on Friday night that those don't, didn't go down, but... They're, they're getting good looks, and that's that's generally going to be fine with me. Um, I mentioned it on Twitter. I thought the defense was bad in uh, the second half and most noticeably during that Corver stretch. He, he, he literally just killed them uh, during that stretch, and that was the entire game. Uh, and I, I guess that it was... It was disheartening to see them lose by almost 20 points, but at the same time, I came away feeling relatively good about it because, one, Giannis went toe-to-toe with LeBron. Like there, there was no, uh, There's no doubt that he belongs. And then, two, they were getting good looks. They missed those looks. Um, so it was really hard for me. I know there was a bunch of people and. Uh, obviously, I get it probably a little bit worse because I am such a Middleton guy that we're like, is Chris Middleton even the fourth best player on this team? Is he it's like, okay, shut up. Um, but th- I think there was a lot of frustration because of all that. But um, one, I-, I think if this team is going to win 50 games, if we are going to have these expectations, you have to perform better, period. Th- there's no doubt about that. But I don't know that I felt all that 
all that angry after that one. Um, I think this Cavaliers team is still figuring things out, and uh, the Bucks need to play better against them in their other three uh, meetings. But for now, I'm I'm generally okay, and maybe that's because we're recording this after Giannis just scored 44 uh, and made three incredible defensive plays on Saturday night. Um, maybe I would have felt a little bit different if we recorded that this morning, uh, and, and I was a little bit more angry on the watch through, but. Um, I don't know. I, for some reason, I just can't. I couldn't get all that upset about that game on Friday night. Well, and the scary part though is, you know, we are dangerously close to being to talking about the Milwaukee Bucks being one and two, right? I mean, this game against Portland, and and not that they should be blowing out Portland necessarily. I mean, you think you take you happily take a win against Portland, however you can get it. Um, and again, we know they have explosive scoring ability. So, um, you know, giving up 115 points per 100, uh, to Portland isn't like, you know, the mark of just a hopeless team or something like that or a hopeless defense. But, um, you know, the big thing, I, I know a lot of people were frustrated about the offense on Friday. Um, you know, I would tend to agree with you. I think the offense didn't, I, I don't know. It was frustrating again because they had open shots and they just couldn't, couldn't pay them off. Um, I think what was really scary, um, and, you know, again, not that tonight is necessarily like the referendum on it, but the fact that the defense um, was so terrible against Cleveland. Yep. And, again, I know Cleveland is talented and they have LeBron and Love and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, they just they just couldn't get stops, right? I mean, they just yep. couldn't get stops. And it wasn't just like, oh, they just gave up too many corner threes. They didn't give up corner threes. They gave up like, – they were one out of four, you know. I mean, yep. <laughs> they, they defended the corner – they, quote, unquote, defended the corner three – really well but they didn't defend anything else well and and so um you know again it just goes to underscore that it, you know and and i don't it, you know it's more even a generic thing right like everybody's knee-jerk reactions like well jason kidd's scheme is is you know it it always does gives up that corner three and therefore it's bad well on friday it was bad just straight up right yeah. like you can take away a corner three but like you know you can put just like three two guys in in the corners and just make sure no one hits corner threes but well whatever <laughs> like you're going to give up a million points you know and Correct. okay I'm exaggerating but um but it's not just like oh Jason Kidd has to prove that he can stop corner three I mean you know again you you don't win you don't win any awards for giving up fewer corner threes you give up you get awards for giving up fewer points yeah. and and that's just certainly this weekend we we didn't see any evidence of that i mean i think at times you know the defense was able to use its length and you know again when they when they force those long passes and um they can be disruptive you we can see good things from them and they can make plays um but again it's it's you you play with fire, right? And and tonight you you came down to needing Giannis to get what two steals and a game saving block in the final minutes. And you <laughs> I know, can't believe he did that. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's scary. So um, so anyway, I mean, I think defensively we, you know, the the result was pretty good on Wednesday, but you know, again, we've now had two out of three games where I think the defense has been worrisome. They haven't been able to keep Monroe on the court. Um, and, and that's concerning because again, I think you need, you need somebody who can help keep the offense kind of running and, and just go get you buckets, um, when Giannis is not on the court. I think Monroe did that early in the game against Cleveland, but tonight, you know, he, he just struggled, you know, overall. I mean, he only played seven minutes, oh, out, oh for three. Um, so anyway. And I will say this, I think maybe not on Friday night, but Saturday night, I think Chris Middleton looked totally fine in that role. I think maybe he leans a little bit too much on playmaking rather than just going out and scoring um, when he is that staggered, like, other star. Um, but I thought – I think, again, maybe Friday night uh, was – his worst game that I can remember in recent memory. Um, but I, I do think, man, you just look at his assist numbers. Like, he keeps racking them up. Uh, and he does a, a – I think he does a really nice job uh, creating for other people. So we'll see if that guy can be, become Middleton. And then on the defense, there are no excuses at this point. I think you can use Monroe for an excuse for the defense being bad when Monroe's in there. Rest of the team, I don't know if you can do it anymore. No. Like, like Giannis, Thon, Chris, Malcolm, Tony. 
Is there a bad defender in the batch? Nope. Are they all the best defenders in the world? No, but they're all good. They're all good defenders. And then even, uh, again, the the verdict is always out on John Henson whether or not he's actually a good defensive player. And we've debated with a number of people that he actually isn't a good defensive player, but I think he's been good this year. So you add Henson to it, and then you bring Delhi. That that's fine defensively. You bring uh, I don't know whoever else at at the two, whether that's Liggins, whether that's Vaughn, whether that's Brown. I think all those guys are passable defenders. Toledovich I, I think is probably below average, but I don't think he's horrendous. Uh, and then yeah, like that. I'm through the roster. I, I didn't I didn't find all that many guys that I said oh yeah, there's no way you can have a good defense if they're on the floor. Maybe Monroe. Maybe Monroe. Uh, but other than that, they, there just isn't a reason for the defense to be bad. And we talked about that going into the season, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it throughout the season. Like if, if this doesn't work this year, if this scheme doesn't work this year, it has to change, period. Like there, there's, no other, there's no other ideas. Like it, it has to go, um, which is, is difficult because I think at times this really does kind of unlock Giannis's full – uh, defensive potential to fly all over the place to get blocks and steals and, and all that. Uh, but at the same time, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and it needs to go. Um, so, so we'll see. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think you can, you know, you can give Giannis separate rules to play sure. by to some Absolutely. extent, right? Yep. So, I mean, it, it's not like, uh, the scheme is the only way to get that. You can, get right. That exactly. Ways. Exactly. Giannis is going to be great no matter what scheme yep. you do. Um, so, so I, I, I agree. And, and I mean, the thing is like, it, I, it just seems like the coaching staff is going to get changed probably before this, the fundamental scheme of the defense gets changed. Um, my hope is that they can just tweak stuff around the edges, switch more, um, you know, just not, not do, not trap as much or at least selectively. I mean, you know, the, the, the way they took the ball out of Lillard's hands tonight late in that game, I mean, that helped them win the game, but, you know, again, like how do you find the right balance? Because you're you're always just kind of playing with fire, depending yeah. on the personnel that's out there. So, um, if there was any other downside to to tonight, I think you know Giannis missing badly on a couple free throws. Um, he's generally shot the shot free throws well this year so far. Um, I would I'll be honest, I was a little worried coming into this year. I, I don't know something about it, especially that playoff series against Toronto. He missed so many free throws. Uh, in that last game where he was just, I mean, he was exhausted, right? And he yeah. played great. Um, but I always just worry a little bit, like, is that something that Giannis, like, might be susceptible to having some issues with? Um, you know, it's tough to rely on clutch defense and clutch steals and, and all that. Free throws, yeah, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. You're going to have to hit big ones if you're a superstar. And certainly, um, by the way, I'm officially annoyed with MVP chance. They make me nervous. And I'm I'm probably... <laughs> I'm, I don't think he shot the ball poorly on free throw on uh, MVP chance. Tonight. He's been better this um, year. Last year, it yeah. was a guaranteed miss. As soon as he heard yeah. MVP, it was a guaranteed miss. This well, year, and, it hasn't been that bad. And I was at the Washington game where he had 39, and yep. the MVP chance were coming, and then he missed a free throw <laughs> that could have given him 40. And so I'm maybe I'm just scarred from that from that experience, but. Um, I mean, what a what an incredible, wonderful thing when that we can you know complain about. Oh, do MVP chance throw Giannis off a little bit on a night when he scores forty four points on twenty three shots to go also, with eight boards, four assists, steals, and two blocks? God damn it, he had two blocks. I'm tweeting at the Bucks. Yeah, let's Some, get that fixed. Like, like that's that's there was a clear block on Evan Turner two, at the end of the third quarter, and then yeah, the game saver. Yeah. This is so. I'm gonna. This will be my my little crusade. This seems next very week. much like a, a Frank Madden crusade. This is something. This is something. Yeah. This is this is my crusade. Um, um, I was gonna say also on MVP chance. Keep fucking doing it, Milwaukee, because he deserves it. It's totally <laughs> yeah. justified, and he is an MVP candidate. Period. There's no discussion anymore. He is an MVP candidate this year, and he will be going forward. And that's just how it's gonna be. So go ahead. Scream, scream at the top of your lungs, MVP, because Giannis is 100% that type of player. There's there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it at this point, and any talk to the contrary is just silly. Like, you can try to say all the different things about, oh, are the Bucks going to win enough? Is this going to happen? 
you know what? Westbrook won it last year, and again, obviously he had the triple double thing going for him, and the uh, the Thunder didn't win 50 games, and oh, could Giannis do that if they don't win enough? It doesn't matter at this point. Like Giannis has put his stamp on it. Like he will be in the MVP conversation this year, and he is that type of player going forward. Period. Stop. Full stop. That that's so. Go ahead, Milwaukee. Anytime you want, do an MVP chant. Yeah, and and I mean. Giannis is, if you're talking about individual players, Giannis is the story of the NBA season so far, yep. and we're only a week in. And again, I am praying to the basketball gods that Giannis stays healthy because, again, I, I tweeted out tonight, I, I'm just watching him do this stuff, you know, night in, night out. Um, I, 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 all I can do is get nervous because I'm just, I'm not used to having nice things as a Bucks fan. Uh, um, did you see? Tonight, I think in the fourth quarter, uh, one of the actual shots Giannis missed, he like kind of went down uh, late. I don't know if the TV cameras caught it, uh, but it was in the fourth quarter. I think it was on the left side of the floor. Uh, it looked like he slipped on a wet spot or something, and I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be okay. And then <laughs> he did what he did to end the game, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's fine. Um, so, yeah, but I, that was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, my God, nah, I, I don't know if I can – Come on, you you have to be healthy. So if the injury gods are listening, not Giannis, not Giannis, not Giannis. Don't don't take not any not Giannis. anyone, but no. not Giannis. No, just no. Anyway, all right, let's get this podcast out. I'm sure people want to savor what we saw over this over this week over this week really from Giannis. Um, Bucks, I think. Bottom line, they still have a ways to go, but yeah. um, you know, it's sort of tonight's one of those games, right? Like they obviously could have played better, um, but this is why it's a blessing to have a superstar. You know, <laughs> if if you have last year's Giannis, <laughs> if you have last year's Giannis who was a superstar instead of this year's Giannis, uh, you lose that game. Uh, and yeah, but. At some point, we need to have a full conversation about all the ways Giannis is better this year, and we'll have some time next week. Yeah. Obviously, we'll have a game on Monday night uh, that we'll need to talk talk about and get done with. But in that in-between time uh, before the Bucks go on the road, we need to talk about all the ways that he's improved because, again, it's crazy to say that he could win most improved player again after winning it last year and after he led the team in all five categories and after he was top 20 in the NBA in all five categories. He did. And he did it in a number of ways. So we need to talk about that at some point. But I think we've done enough for tonight, Frank. I'm just about out of words, and I didn't think I had any to describe exactly what I saw tonight. So I'm happy we got through this much. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Named. This was Locked on Giannis. We will talk to you, I don't know, sometime later. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Giannis.